Okay, so listen, there, there's a lot of things going on in spring training. Every media outlet's got their things going on, especially if you're down with the flagship station, 710 ESPN, or 710 Seattle Sports, I'm sorry, that's what they're called now. Um, you know that's my station, Hannah, not yours. No, I've always kind of stuck with KJR. I've listened to him for the last 20 years or so, uh, even before 710 was a thing. And uh, I just prefer uh, 950. They uh, give the hard-hitting questions. You know, I heard them recently on with Justin Turner, excuse me, Justin Hollander, the uh, GM. So uh, they give those kind of questions that 710 doesn't uh, give. I I. I have to agree with you this time. You know, we, yes, we've talked about this a lot back and forth on this podcast. If you're listening, I'm, I'm a 710 guy. He's a KJR guy. And then outside of that, it's, he's a Twitter guy. I'm an Instagram guy. So we have, you know, a lot of different sources, uh, with the same story, a lot of different opinions. It's not so, uh, Republican democratic, you know, it's not like that. It's more like AEW, WWE, okay? Um, I do have to agree, though, when we do start off spring training, 710 Seattle is all about, hey, meet the guys. Let's let's figure out what, uh, you know, Colton Wong's favorite lasagna is. Or does Matt Festa like water parks? Or is he, you know, more of somebody that likes to go, like, you know, uh, skiing. It's a lot of that fluff. And usually at the beginning of the year, though, I, I root sport does it too. But usually at the beginning of the season, it is kind of about, hey, optimism. Everybody's showing back up in shape. Everybody's got haircuts. Everybody has mission statements. But also, you know, there's a lot of stuff lingering from the off season that been unanswered directly and uh 710 is kind of like a little bit moved past that you know they're they have jerry depoto on every week we, we love the show but you turned me on to a interview with uh was it puck and what's 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 it called yeah puck and uh jim the go-to guy yeah, uh, and I think they definitely, I will have to give you this, they definitely wore their heart on the sleeves and asked a lot of the questions, some of those deep questions from way, way back. Uh, why don't you break down that uh, interview for us? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, more of a fan kind of question asking uh, if, I mean, that doesn't sound right, but they asked the hard-hitting questions that the, some of the fans had, you know, I mean, why didn't you look at the other shortstops are available, the uh, four big shortstops that were available here this offseason? What was the thinking behind that? Where was uh, your thinking and not going after a guy like uh, Bell that signed with uh, Cleveland, uh, signed for a, a modest deal, two-year deal, $14 million. Why didn't you think about going after him? Some of those hard-hitting questions that maybe the flagship wouldn't answer, but uh, – they went right after him and just wanted to get the get the questions out there to see what Justin Hollander felt. Uh, they did. And I feel like Jerry DePoto, you know, he's the Teflon Don on all these. And listen, I, I do have to believe in what Jerry DePoto has done. And, you know, maybe it's not the instant, uh, you know, results that we want. But overall, over a period of time, he has steered us in the right way. But right now... Again, the thing is, 
hey, when the time is right, we're going to get X, Y, and Z, and we're going to add on. And over the off season, that didn't really happen if you, you know, ask the average fan. And I feel like Justin Hollander, this is his first year uh, of the start of the season where he's the guy, he's publicly the GM, and when he's on 710, it's a lot of like, hey, let's talk about all of the positive things and what did you see in this guy and why did you get him? What made you make that call? And and definitely in this piece that they did on KJR last week, it definitely was like, what the fuck were you thinking and why didn't we get these things? And I, I do have to agree these are a lot of the things that we were talking about earlier in the year. I've kind of just kind of let it go, but it was kind of refreshing to listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was nice to hear kind of uh, getting down to the nuts and bolts of it, of what the philosophy was. Why was it, you know, as what it was? I mean, why didn't we go for these other stars? Why did we not sign certain players what was the thinking behind it it was it was like you said refreshing to get maybe those hard-hitting questions maybe that the flagship wouldn't send uh their way and and i i really enjoyed it it was straight to the point it, it was pretty interesting that they threw justin in there on that because obviously why didn't jerry take this but i don't know if they have a contract over for the other station but it definitely felt like hey you threw this guy in the lion's den. Uh, you could tell there was a little bit of frustration and definitely a big wall. I I hope this was good training for him because he did sound like he was a bit on his heels, but he at the same time held his, his grounds on what he should and should not say and the beliefs that he had. I, I, I give him that. No, I agree. He did a phenomenal job answering the question. He didn't dodge the question. No, he didn't flip flop at all. No, not at all. I mean, but it was it was the type of question where that really hasn't been answered or asked from any of the media members that I followed along here throughout uh, the off season and spring training. Yeah, I I mean, when they were talking about Josh Bell, you know, these were, and what I really liked about the interview was we weren't really talking about Trey Turner's. We weren't talking about uh, Carlos Correa. We're talking about a lot of the secondary free agents that we were like, okay, you didn't go out and spend this much money, but these were all affordable guys. Very, you know, similar, I guess, players to a Teoscar Hernandez. I think that's kind of like the, the level of what we were expecting. Some more of that. Yeah, I mean... There was a lot of questions. You know, the Mariners had a great season last year. The expectation was that for them was to add on to that, maybe get some big, you know, free agents. That was talked about a couple of years ago by Jerry. Uh, it didn't come to fruition, and they went a different way. They made some trades to get Teoscar Hernandez. They got Colton Wong, and they didn't go after that free agent market that was talked about by Jerry a couple of years ago and some I've been critical of, but you know, they, they made that transition to add to this team, but they didn't go far enough in some of our opinions. So it was nice to hear them talk about that and what their philosophy was and why they did what they did. Yes. It was refreshing to hear somebody, you know, pop off on these things that obviously 
we were uh, talking about and um, and again, it was Jim Moore who used to be on Seven Ten that used to constantly ruffle feathers. You know, sometimes put his foot in his mouth, but that that's who Jim is, and we love him for it. And uh, where do we find this episode? Because I think like for our listeners, instead of just going over beat for beat, I think you should go back and listen to it, and then you know just allow it to be this cathartic thing and then get into what's going on. Where do we get this? No, like I said, it was nice to have, have the uh, hard in questions that maybe some of the fans would ask. Um, maybe some of the uncomfortable questions, but you can check it out on uh, the iHeartRadio radio app. Um, look under puck and Jim. It's uh, under there uh, on their podcast page. Um, they, uh, it's right under where they interviewed Justin Hollander. It was, it was phenomenal. I yeah. mean, it was a lot of questions that if I had the opportunity to talk to them, I would ask the same thing. And they, they didn't hold back. And it, it was refreshing to hear some of the media members just throw it out there. Of, yeah. Because that's what we're all asking. Yeah. And I think they carefully asked them to, to the point where they weren't being hostile. They're just like, Hey, uh, we don't understand this. And again, I think if Jerry DePoto was on there, he might have, you know, finessed it. Jerry DePoto definitely has that Pete Carroll-esque, like, you know, it is, everything is optimistic. And we don't know who Justin is yet. All we've, like I said, all we've heard is all the things that he likes about baseball. All It's all this getting to know you kind of stuff. Now it's turned to, when you listen to this interview, more of the, like, Okay, so you're the guy making the calls, or, or are you not making the calls, and why did this happen? I think he was maybe possibly ready for that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. You, you be the judge on that. Go check it out. We're going to be moving on right now. Now here's Lenny Randall. When the Mariners beat the Red Sox. Okay, so Hannah, I got a question for you. Just coming from, admittedly, I'm a, a very casual fan here, so bear with me. Um, so the games that I've been to, the familiarity that I have with the team, one of the names I'm most familiar with and I hear a lot is Jared Kelnick. And it's been all over the board um, from what I know, again, just from my own experience. I just want to know, where are we with him? Are we supportive? Are we over him? Do we hold out hope? Is this going to be a better year for him? Where are we out there? So with my feeling on Jared Kelnick, uh, he's a young player. I still have a lot of faith in him. He's, like I said, he's young. He's only 23. Uh, yeah, he's had 500 bats in the big leagues. He hasn't been as successful as what his, um, what he should be, according to the uh, experts. Uh, high prospect, a lot of pedigree coming into. Uh, coming into this year's camp, it, it has been uh, talked about that he has uh, changed his swing. This offseason worked with a couple guys down in the LA area. He was he feels like he was a sponge, taking a lot of things in, a lot of different things. Has coming through with struggles these last couple years. 
He's wanting to make some adjustments and all of that. My thing is, is that in spring training, he's only going to face maybe a, a number one starter maybe once or twice through the every game. And uh, I, I personally want to see him, you know, obviously be successful and, and succeed, get that confidence up. But to me, it, it, all about Jared Kelnick starts in the regular season. So we see how he produces every four at-bats, every game, what he can do throughout the regular season. That is the main thing to me to see how far he has taken that next step forward because a lot of people, a lot of fans in this area talk about it's all in his head. And uh, it, I just want to see him get out there, be free, and see what he can do in the regular season and if he can make that adjustment and if he has made that adjustment to see what he has uh, came through as a – or what he has changed in his swing to make him a better ball player this year and the adjustments that he's made. Yeah, I think the key word is adjustment. Over 500 bats, or about 500 bats, over two seasons, lots of call up, lots of call downs. Okay, you've seen this sample size of what he's ready for and what he is not ready for in the major leagues, correct? So you get a guy like A.J. Pollock, right? Uh, Mariners did not go out and get a everyday left fielder, right? Uh, so we have definitely going into spring training said, look, the left-handed left fielder platoon outfielder position is open with with Jared Kelnick as your, you know, your surest bet, I guess you would say, out of the prospects. He's obviously supposed to have been possibly in the position where Julio Rodriguez is at. It didn't work out. But the Mariners have, you know, put him in a position to succeed. You you get rid of the shift this season. Um, you also don't have him you don't have him in there having to go against the best left handed pitchers in the major leagues. So whether it was him or whether it was Tremel they were going to be in a better position to succeed. And I think now that you do have a Julio and you do have these other stars that you've brought in versus when you brought Jerry Kelnick up in 2021, he doesn't have to be that star. You hear that a lot. You hear that out of Jerry. You hear that out of anybody around the Mariners going like, okay, we just want him to get himself going. The other thing is you have to point out, He's a lot younger than a lot of these established players in this league. He's a lot younger than a lot of players that turn into great players, even make their debut. Um, a lot has been talked about his attitude, right? The like he started off as a very braggadocious dude. You know, he was big on social media. Check this out. Um, then when he came up, anytime he, you know struck out we hadn't seen anybody get this mad since you know bo jackson was you know busting his bat over his knees then we saw this very like fan friendly version of him when he had a really good ending to 2021 and then we had the very like very shut down quiet version of him last year and like you were saying, Hanno, he's let a lot of people inside of his camp this year. And why I bring up that before I bring up your point is I was listening to Shannon Dreyer on 710. But uh, 
you know, she knows these guys inside and out. And there was something that I just didn't know about him that kind of all put it all together about, you know, maybe trust stuff and, you know, attitude. And uh, again, he's young. He's a young, young guy. Uh, he was homeschooled and which I go, wow, wait a minute. Well, where did he go play baseball? But I also know like what we used to play was people that went to alternative schools or, or home schools, you know, going to a Seattle public school. But then also I don't maybe think he had that day to day lifestyle with that kind of stuff, which goes into a lot of his problems where people always go, it's not his ability. It's what's upstairs. And I think that's with a lot of players, but, um, you know, looking at the homeschool thing, I think that's kind of, uh, you know, a big window for us to look in. What do you think about that, Tanya? Well, I think it's really interesting. And, you're, and yeah, Jared is a really young man. He's, what, 23, I think? Mm-hmm. So he's young on a, the biggest stage, you know, you can be at it in your career. <clears throat> and he's facing the biggest challenge. And, I look, I don't think anybody wants to break this block more than Jared Kelnick, right? No. Yeah, you're exactly right. Nobody wants it more than him. But also... I think therein lies a bit of the problem, too, because you get so in your head about it and you're so aware that every single at-bat, what is at stake there? So with the homeschooling part, I not to be clear, I have no issues with homeschooling. I'm not dragging homeschooling or people who were homeschooled. But the fact of the matter is it's a very different experience. Um, your socialization is very different. How you, you know, you... You don't get quite the same character building, I think, maybe necessarily as like, well, the three of us here are, you know, Seattle Public School graduates. Yeah, so do I. Okay, thank you. And I mean, the three of us here were Seattle Public School graduates, okay? So I think I speak for all of us when I say we could have maybe used a, a little dose of that home. No, absolutely. I mean, what's, what's nice to see about Jared this year, he's always gone back home to Wisconsin, worked in his uh, facility that his folks... Uh, run back in Wisconsin. It's nice to see, you know, it hasn't worked out for him the last couple off seasons. And for him to go out west, down in California and Arizona, and to work with some other folks, giving him a different message. I mean, that's part of making adjustments in the big leagues, you know, things aren't working out, you got to make an adjustment. And for him to be able to go out there, hear different people, hear different ways of doing things and adapt to it, I mean, that's a big step for him as he grows as a young ball player in the major leagues. Yeah, and the thing about, hey, he had to get some other help. It's like this help it didn't fail him. That got him to this situation. Definitely. You know? And I even heard Mark McGuire was one of the swing coaches. Well, guess what? I don't know if he's working with them this year. He's not. I know Mark McGuire's a California guy, but... If Mark McGuire, you know, got let go out of this, I, trust me, there's other players that will benefit from Mark McGuire. He, he's probably got a full list of people, you know, calling him. So. Absolutely. And the same message from a big-time Hall of Fame player like Mark McGuire might not register with a Kelnick, or it might, but he's not, you know, adapting that onto the field. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into the hitting stance, the hitting um, – what am I trying to say? The, the the way you just, you know, your your mechanics, all that stuff. You know, you can hear all you want from pl- from coaches, former players, to try to bring into your game, and it's hard. you got to be able to have something click. And besides that, 
anybody can tell you how to do it, but until it clicks and works, you still don't have that confidence. No, and that's where, like, Tanya's talking about that character building and that character mentality where maybe somebody else that's like, hey, you know, I don't know who he's working with, but somebody else that's like, hey, look, I was a highly touted prospect and X, Y, and Z didn't happen. Uh, maybe just being around other guys. I don't, like I said, I'm speculating on like who he's around, but all these other people are, you know, so tightly inside of this bubble that, I mean, we've watched them. We, we go to game. Well, I don't just see what's on TV. I'm, d- I'm down there, you know, and Jared Kelnick is somebody that really, really, really fucking cares about his job and his, you know, feels like he cares about his legacy already. And um, definitely being, what, number six draft pick and traded, you know, it was a highly, you know, anybody that's a Mariners fan already knows, but for the people that don't know that we're listening, you know, he was a... uh, Highly touted prospect. Yeah, that's the word. That's the word I'm looking for. I mean, that's how we traded Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz to the Mets. I mean, it's blockbuster trade, and you know he had a few years until he got to this point. And we brought him up early in 2021 because we needed anybody or anything. And that's kind of where I look at the organization going. Why don't you just go out and make a trade? Get, get some instant offense instead of putting all this pressure on him. And that's where I think they mishandled him a lot. Well, yeah, and he, I mean, he lost the year of COVID. He was down in that training site down there. Um, he didn't get the reps like he would normally against other teams. He was just facing some inter-squad games. But, yeah, I mean, being that highly touted prospect, seeing Julio, who was younger than him, come up through the – the organization, both of them having quite a bit of pedigree coming through the organization, and then him not succeeding, yeah, that'll wear on you mentally, physically. But, I mean, as Tanya said, I mean, there's a lot of things that can go into it, you know? Uh, As far as, I mean, he was homeschooled. He wasn't around players. Um, it's, It's a whole new thing for him. Yeah, I think, I just wonder how much of that, can affect a mental toughness, you know, the the kind of grit that a, a person, you know, has or doesn't have. Coming out from what you're saying, you know, with those really high expectations, so much to live up to and tons of, I can't even imagine the pressure to get to this point where he's fighting so hard to come back from that. Yeah, and you're running into failure for the first time. And if anybody knows mm-hmm. baseball, it's a game of failure. You know, three out of ten times, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely, and it's the first time. I mean, he flew through the minor leagues, single A, double A, all the way up to the big leagues, um, and then got sent back down to and, and to triple A. Uh, like I said, he didn't have that year of progression because of the COVID year. Uh, had all that expectation. Uh, the uh, thing with his agent saying that he should be in the pros already, uh, talking with um, – the Mariner staff saying that they're going to do, you know, possibly kind of not screw him over, but what's the word I'm looking for, but hold him back because yeah. of his talent. You know, I mean, there's a lot of things that goes into a player's head besides just playing the game, uh, getting base hits. I, 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 sure. I mean, he struggled mentally. And you're doing this during the age of social media. I mean, he 
scrubbed his account of all Mariner stuff uh, when he didn't get what called back up at a certain time in the season. I don't know if he did this this off season. Um, you know, he was a big social media guy. I mean, we were seeing a lot of awesome shit from him during the uh, COVID years or during the COVID year. And, uh, you know, again, he's from this age group. He's a, he's a Gen Zer and the way you react to things and, you know, your struggles or whatever you have to deal with a lot. You also have to deal with Reddit, right? There was the Reddit, uh, what was that? A comic book? What was your takeaway of that Reddit comic book thing? Well, it was it was bizarre. It was that fan fiction. Um, I thought it was bizarre and nothing to do with Kelnick himself. He didn't ask for that. I I can only imagine um, what he thought about it. Um, but the the woman who wrote it, okay, I thought that was uh, interesting. You know, we thought about doing a full breakdown. I don't think we briefly mentioned it on here, but I don't know what kind of positivity that would bring to, you know, to Mariners, to Jared Kelnick, or I'm not saying that everybody's listening to us and that's, that's the thing, but I just felt like it was a punching down segment. So we never did it. It was very strange. I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand where it was coming from. My thing for Jared this year, I just hopefully he gets off to a, a decent start. You know, he just, like like Scott said last year during the uh, stretch run, just come out and play the best you can and help the team win. And if he can have that attitude, I think things are looking up for him. And hopefully that uh, he has figured something out, you know. I mean, he wants it more than anybody. Mariner fans want it more more than anybody to see him succeed because if he succeeds this uh, this year that's a big plus for this Mariner club I mean it's a big time question mark in left field what this team can do well something if if I may I may be overstepping please again casual fan here so check me if you need to I can take it um with Kelnick something that makes me wonder if there's obviously there's an ego issue here um understandably, but Myron, you were just talking about how he scrubbed his, you know, Instagram of all things Mariners. Like he had a fight with his girlfriend, right? And he, you know, jumped the gun a little bit and deleted everything before they actually broke up. Well, yeah. And he's not the only player that's done that, but that seems to be a typical trend. And you, we, you know, what's again, you, like you said, a fight with a spouse, that's the typical. Um, I, well, where I was going with that is I wonder also, again, yes, with his age, but also we were talking earlier about a bit of a mental toughness, um, if maybe there's a little bit of that lacking. But I'm also, this is maybe a bit of a, a leap I'm reaching, but I wonder if there is, a, you know, an emotional kind of mental immaturity um, aspect here as well. Yeah, I I definitely think there is. And I think we're going to see and i'm optimistic that we are going to see a big change to that and i think that definitely starts with like what we we're talking about where he didn't do his usual approach of going hey this is what's worked for me for now here's the change i know when he got brought up last year from being this you know we've seen so many different phases of the happy the braggadocious the quiet the shutdown kind of person that this year i think he and I want to be optimistic about this from everything we're hearing he's going to let his attitude and what his legacy especially in a Mariner uniform because you know let's be honest thank you mom uh let's be honest 
this might be his last shot at being that person that we believe and the organization believes he can be or his last shot at, you know, setting himself up for the future, which he has a long future. He's 23 years old. And if it doesn't work out here, we've seen lots of players. Trust me. <laughs> if you don't, if you haven't been following the Mariners as long as I have, there's lots of players that didn't work out here and they go somewhere else and they blossom. And, a lot of that has to be do with, and they say, a change of environment, which has got to be mental to me. So you're exactly right. But again, we hope for the best for Jared Kelnick. Hanno, you've been one of his biggest, you know, supporters. Uh, you know, I don't know if you have any, anything more else to add before we move on. No, I mean, I agree. He does have an ego. I think you have to have an ego to feel that you're confident going into the season. Uh, you're confident up to the plate. But that wavered real quick when he, you know, wasn't successful. He was facing those lefties. The Mariners, it seems like this year, have given him kind of a little bit longer rope. They brought in a guy to face left-handers so he doesn't have to face those guys. And um, it's, it's, it's going to be real intriguing to see how this changes and how the season plays out with him. Uh, he's going to get, obviously, the starts in left field. I mean, everything about his game, in my opinion, is fantastic, other than his hitting. He hasn't figured that out yet. Defensively, he's outstanding. He throws guys out, of, you know, from the outfield. He's a plus outfielder, plus arm, can steal you a bag, but the hitting has just not come through yet. Some might say that's the last thing to come through as you're, you know, developing as a player. Um you know, I, I will still say he's only still 23. Uh, I think it gives him a better chance of trying to figure it out here in the big leagues. Um, and he's going to have a little bit longer leash. You know, Taylor Trammell is hurt. So yeah. it might give him a little bit more leeway of getting that starting job and not feel that pressure. But I think he still will feel that pressure in the beginning of the year if he doesn't get off to a hot, a hot start. So it's, it's one of those questions throughout the year that's going to be asked of, Jared Kelnick, where is he at? Has he developed? Has he made that change? Can he help this team offensively? Because that's really the question mark still going into this season. Yeah, and I think it's what happens when he strikes out three times a game. It's going to happen. What happens when you go 0 for 9? You know, it's going to happen. How is he going to transition from, you know, being a, a – player not a major league player to a major league player and we haven't seen him accept that yet but again to close the mariners have the mariners have made it clear that they have left this runway for somebody like him somebody like Tremel, somebody like marlo somebody to come up and not have to face these hard left-handers which Tremel, which definitely Kelnick have had to do because the Mariners didn't have the depth here in the major leagues 